Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I am your host, Coach Damon Wilson. This is the podcast 100% dedicated to the best position in sports. Some call it the hardest position in sports. I'm talking about lacrosse goalie. And on this show, it is my job to interview the top goalies in the world, the top coaches in the world, top trainers in our sport to tease out some gold, tease out some useful tips or mindsets that you can use, that you can incorporate into your own game. At the time of this recording, late March, we've got the coronavirus going on. I know a lot of people are quarantined at home, but the show goes on. Giving you some lacrosse goalie tips and some content. Bummer that the season's are getting canceled, but we've got to do what we need to do to stay safe. And today I've got a very special guest, Rob Mulligan, Syracuse goalie, who went to three straight national championship games in 1999, 2000, winning it in 2000, and then 2001. Rob joins me on the show to talk all things lacrosse goalie. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Syracuse goalie Rob Mulligan. Before we get started, I want to read a word from our sponsor, the online Lax Goalie Rat Camp. Let me actually read an email I just got today. It says, hey, Coach Damon, I got my son Sean your online camp as a gift, and it's made such a difference in his play. And it gave me such an appreciation for the position and info on how to help him warm up and handle the games. So thank you so much. That was from Rich. And if you have a son or daughter that's a goalie and you want to improve their game, I recommend you check out the online Lax Goalie Rat Camp. It's available at laxgoalierat.com slash goal. That's laxgoalierat.com slash goal. My next guest on the Lax Goalie Rat podcast appeared in three straight national championship games. It's it's Rob Mulligan. Rob, welcome, welcome to the show. Hey, Damon. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. It's an honor. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this uh, conversation, but I'd like to start with, do you even remember the first time you went in goal? Like, why did you become a goalie? What, what attracted you to this position? Uh, it was actually a victim of circumstance. I uh, was a, a midi, you know, my first few games learning the sport when I was in like fourth or fifth grade, I believe, uh, and uh, played my first game and, you know, running all over the field, up, up and down and ended up coming down with uh, mono, believe it or not, and missed the entire season. And then towards the end of the season, got cleared to play again. And But we just said, we don't want you running around. So I got thrown in the goal and, you know, kind of just became natural. There was, there was less rules. I just had to stay in the goal and, you know, make, make some saves. So it was, it was a lot of fun. It was kind of victim of circumstance and kind of took off from there. That's awesome. And we were chatting before we went live. I mean, you're more um, my age. And back then when we were learning the position, um, there was not much available. So I'm curious how you went about learning the position of goalie. Right. Um, well, so I grew up on Long Island. So obviously there was, you know, a hotbed of lacrosse, and especially the town I grew up in, uh, Farmingdale on Long Island. 
um, mm. really has a great tradition of, of goalies, as a matter of fact. Um, and it was kind of like a brotherhood that took place. There was a guy before me named uh, Anthony Tufano, who uh, played at Nassau Community College, won a national championship there, played at uh, Salisbury, uh, you know, won a championship there. And then before that was Scott Giardina, who was an amazing goalie at Johns Hopkins. You know, there's been a history, um, you know, even now the kid that's uh, at uh, Delaware. Um, uh, say DeLuca. Yeah, DeLuca. He's a Farmingdale yeah. guy. They're, you know, goalie, obviously first team All-American. Uh, the goalie now at St. John's is a Farmingdale guy. So there's, there's a, it's very cool that my high school just has produced goalie after goalie. So it's uh, kind of a, a badge of honor to come from there and, you know, the lineage that takes place. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Something in the water in Farmingdale, just pumping out great goalie <laughs> after great goalie, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So was it something that really came natural for you being being a goalie and kind of making saves and, and being able to react to the ball? Was it something that took quite, quite a while to get comfortable with for you? No, that was the thing, you know, it was, uh, you know, I was always athletic and, uh, you know, a little bit on the bigger side. I was always like the first kid to, you know, I was probably the same height in, you know, eighth grade, you know, so they kind of, <laughs> you know, I was making saves and I was also a catcher in baseball and just loved mm. like smothering the ball, you know, pitching the dirt, you throw your body in front of it. Like, so, uh, you know, I just kind of gravitated towards that. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think it's underplayed from a goalie perspective is, you know, being able to captain the defense, you know, and I was yeah. just that, you know, the, the, the loud uh, person in the back that was, you know, directing all the defenders around and telling the middies to get back in the hole and kind of like a coach on the field, you know, so that's what came naturally to me. And then working with, you know, uh, good goalie coaches on your hands and your feet, then it, it, it you know, kind of grew from there, you know, but I think being a captain back there on the defense and being the leader back there, even at a young age was uh, what really drew me to the position as well. Interesting. Interesting. I was going to ask you about that because I've watched, um, you know, the 2000 championship game and you can hear your communication like almost louder than the broadcasters. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. And so like, how do you, is that just something that's always come natural to you or, or if you like are working with a kid who's a little timid, a little shy, you know, in, in his communication, like what, what's your advice to improve that? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the hardest things from coaching, you know, you know, is to really instill a, a, a young, you know, 9, 10, 13 year old, you know, sometimes shy or timid to use their voice, you know, and uh, to use their their position to get a, you know, uh, defense all on the same page. And for the record, there was a lot of microphones that were attached to the goal. So that's why mm. it's not allowed. <laughs> there wasn't the guy with the boom, you know, holding yeah. the, uh, the big circle disc. No, but, uh, yeah. no, but that's the hardest thing is to get uh, kids to take control and, and find that confidence, you know, and be able to tell a defender to take three steps to the left. And, you know, um, that's one of the hardest things is, is to, you know, what I try and tell the kids is less is more. You know, if you just talk in a monotone you know, back left, back right, side right, you know, instead of, you can't do that. You got to, you know, really direct people. Jimmy, get called in by name, right? Yep. Make sure they yep. acknowledge it. You're, you know, call the defender by name. And even we started with our defense, goalie makes a call, defense repeats it, right? So if you hear the goalie, you know, you know, we're going, we're going orange defense. Everyone's orange, orange, you know? So these are just things that, 
you know, it gives the goalie confidence that everyone's listening to them and they can't just be monotone and continue to, you know, say back left, back right, and really let them know that there is someone behind them that has their back. So it's, uh, but that is a difficult thing is to instill that confidence in a young kid. Yeah, that's a lot about what it is, is confidence. And it comes with experience. But from, for the most part, like every single goalie who starts off is not loud enough, is not loud enough. Like you've really got to learn to project your voice and project it with confidence. And like you said, you got to change the tone depending upon the situation. Like the way you say back left, back right is not the way you say like whatever your word is for sending the slide, right? Like fire. Go. 100%. Yeah. You have to, have, you know, the sense of urgency needs to be heard in your, you know, in your voice. You know, you can't just be monotone. It's just got to be, you know, back right, side right. Who's hot? Who's hot? You know, like just get everyone going on the same page. And that's, uh, you know, to, to, to get urgency in their voice and to have people hear that, you know. And one of the things I like to tell kids, and it like, it kind of resonates with them. Um, because with this club circuit and with, you know, town ball being so competitive nowadays is, you know, during tryouts, you know, there's going to be, five or six goalies trying out as a coach. If I hear a goalie yelling out defenses and telling defenders where to be. And, you know, that is automatically a plus and every single goalie is capable of doing that. Right. Then you look at, all right, can this kid make saves? Can this kid clear the ball? Can the kid handle his stick? You know, but right. if you have a guy that's a captain of the defense, that guy is automatically getting a plus and that should come with every goalie, you know? So if you're the loudest, and you're the biggest leader out there and a captain of your defense, then therefore you're automatically getting a plus, you know, and that's every goalie should be able to do that. Not just the great ones. Right. Yeah, totally. And you can always ask the people on the sideline, Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear my calls? Right. And if they can't, like, you gotta, you gotta learn how to project that voice. Be loud. Yeah. I never, I never had that problem. I always, my yeah, I think, was the mouth. I think, I think they called you the mouth, right? <laughs> Listen, you want, to talk, to <laughs> you want to talk so much that you get the nickname, the mouth. Okay. <laughs> this is true. Uh, we'll leave it at that. But uh, yeah. no, just, you know, it's very funny to see defenders and see referees from back in the day. Uh, you used to yeah. I, and stand here and you talk, uh, you know, that's great. But that's definitely the Long Island, you know, some of the best battles were, you know, in college against some guys like, like Dan Denahan, you know, we played against him in high school and, you know, we used to just, we couldn't, we did not stop talking, you know, like NBA smack towards each other. Like yeah. every got every pass, every time he got stripped or every goal he scored, we would just go back and forth. It was just endless, which, you know, we laugh about it nowadays. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, well, that's part of having a little swagger as, as the goalie, you know, like you, you I mean, you want a little bit of confidence, a little bit of swagger. Like I, I like to see that in my goalies that I work with. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you have to bring that confidence to the field, you know um, you know, the, you can't, you can't let the defense, you know, if you're having a bad day, you can't let them know you got to go back there and pick it up. You know, there's, it, mm -hmm. you, you have to instill confidence in the people around you. And that in a sense will make you, you know, the defense better and make you more active, you know, around your goal. Yeah. What did you do at Syracuse uh, when you were having a bad day or you were having a bad game? Uh, yeah, to your point, uh, I would definitely try and reset, you know, mentally, because let's be honest, it's it's mental, right? Um, you know, you got to go back to the fundamentals. Am I out of position? Am I, uh, you know, 
moving from my stations, you know, you should, I, I have this rule, you should only be standing in your five spots, you know, mm -hmm. like, and it just simplifies the crease in the area. Um, you know, if you go back and I watched, you know, a lot of film, like the 99 championship game, I was like, uh, you know, I dwelled on it forever because it was like my, you know, my first year starting and you get to the championship and, you know, I felt like the first half I couldn't save a beach ball, you know, it was just like, yeah. gave up so many goals and they weren't easy goals. They just had a lot of looks in tight and I was too active around my crease and, you know, I was coming out of the goal too much. And it was like, you know what, I just got to take a deep breath, you know, and I kind of gathered myself at halftime and then, you know, went back out there and had a better second half and went on a run and made it a closer game. But the point being is like, you know, you could always learn something from what you're doing. You know, you could always go back and look at video or go back to what you're trained to do. And are you trying to do too much and, you know, things like that. But it's most times it's the, uh, the dis, you know, it's, it's, it's in your, it's in your head, so to speak, you know, you got to pick yourself up and go back to the drawing board and rely on your fundamentals and your training. Yeah. Awesome. You mentioned a little bit about your technique of, you know, like a five-step arc. Every goalie sort of plays like a different, a different style. I'm curious, you know, you were a lefty, uh, probably still are a lefty. Um, <laughs> what, what was your style uh, in goal? Like, how would you describe, you know, the way your, your approach to, to being a goalie? Uh, yeah, to your point, I was a, a low to middle arc, you know, and I think it's, uh, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. You have to use your skills, you know, you know, and be comfortable where you're at. You know, you, you just connect. The bottom line is be comfortable where you're at, but you can't be out of position. Right. So if mm -hmm. you play a high arc, you're going to have to move around more and probably have to be more athletic, you know. Uh, if you play a low arc, you know, you, you could you have that extra second of, uh, you know, uh, you know, reaction time to see the ball. But then there's bouncers that could go over your shoulder and go in the top of the goal. So there's positives and negatives of each area, you know, but there's no right or wrong way. You just have to adapt it to your style. And, you know, there you could always learn, you know, a new technique you know you can never sit or or incorporate it into your skill set you know I used to always play with a long shaft like and I'm sitting there like these kids now all play with a short shaft it's kind of a funny story but I play with like a regular goalie shaft back in the day right we use longer yeah. shaft and an attack or midi shaft that was longer than the 40 inch shaft um but I went to try out for like the MLL combine and the airplanes lost my stick and um I had no sticks for the tryout. So uh, Strider Dixon, who was the uh, Brown goalie at the time, was like, here, just use one of my backups. And it was like, one, I was like, really? This thing's like a little fiddlestick. <laughs> I was making saves. I was making, but I was making saves like in that com you know, combine that I was never making like the week before in the national championship game. And I'm sitting there kicking myself, like, why didn't anyone bring this to my attention? You know, like, you know, it wasn't getting my, my, the top hand wasn't getting caught in the net when I was doing an off stick hip save, you know, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, why did it take me five years of college ball to figure this? And now every goalie uses a short stick, right? I mean, right. there's no goalies that use the old school goalie shaft, right? I mean, nope. you don't see it at all, you know? So it's, uh, it's kind of cool just to see the transition and just awoken me to that. Like you could always adapt, you know, your style to pick up, you know, new things and keep improving. Totally. And I recommend goalies do that because, you know, in addition to like equipment, uh, I mean, there's just so many different like little variations that you could do, like a stance with my legs a little bit wider apart, like a little bit deeper on my arc. Play around with those and see what works for you. Because like you said, Rob, like, I mean, something that works for me might not work, might work for another guy and vice versa. Like it could work for me, but not another guy. 
exactly. you just might like it. You might might stumble upon something. So in, the offense, in practice, like play, play around. Yeah, and watch other goalies. Watch successful mm. goalies. You know, I mean, I I love. Uh, I forget was it was someone else was breaking down like Bacigalupo's angles. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, we're talking Scott Bacigalupo. This dude's like legendary. It's like who I grew up with, and the fact that like it's 2020, Bacigalupo is playing goal. You know, Princeton was at 30 years ago, mm-hmm. and we're talking about Bacigalupo's angles. Like, and that's on video now and captured. I just think it's that's awesome. Cause that was like my idol growing up. We had a very different style. He played a higher, you know, attack the shooter, cut down angles. That wasn't my game, but it was just so exciting. And so like, you know, into the game and had such an awesome defense in front of him, you know, like, so yeah. you could always learn from someone, you know, even though that's not your, you know, style, you know, one of the things I incorporated also was, uh, you know, we used to always say you have to be square to the shooter, square to the shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, and like if you're on the pipe, say you're on the right pipe and the guy is GLE, you know, you, you can't be square to the shooter. So I adopted more of like a hockey goalie, you know, where mm-hmm. you're, yeah, you take your left foot and you put it back into the goal because if you're square to the shooter and that guy's on GLE, he could bounce it off your leg. And that literally, I mean, the, my college roommate used to hit me in the same spot on the instep of my angle, the ankle and like would bounce because your your foot is outside the goal and all it's doing is a making your five hole bigger and yeah. b you know it's outside the goal so only bad things could happen versus if you just turned your body a tiny bit your a your five hole gets way smaller b you're still on the pipe and c if they go across crease it's easier to get there because you don't have to do the full 180 spin so it's more of a hockey goalie technique instead of being square to the shooter you sit more in the goal and obviously you're baiting them to shoot across your body. And so, I mean, again, something I picked up in my fifth year that we worked on, you know, and that I'm trying to instill in goalies now, you know? So. Yeah, totally. I think you got to go with that technique now, especially since the dive is, is back. Like, I mean, people can jump across the goal and if you're square, like if you're square to them, there's no way you can explode across the crease, but yeah, it, very true. Very true. And especially but. because guys nowadays it's so different with the stick technology and oh yeah they're they're shooting from four yards behind GLE where like you know we you know coach Desco would be screaming at like you got to take three more steps above GLE you know one more step to greatness meanwhile guys are you know you know ripping shots from 12 yards you know at GLE which is like back in the day we'd be like are you nuts that's a turnover you know totally <clears throat> yeah and you know there hasn't been much advancement in goalie uh, technology. I mean, XTX came out with the Eclipse too, like, and that was like a 20 year overdue process. Uh, but what else, like, what else do we got, you know? I know, I know. And the same, I always use the STX Goalmaster, you know, and then, and then I think my senior year, they came out with the Eclipse one, you know, and then yeah. they just, you know, what was that three or four years ago, came out with the Eclipse two. Yeah, um, you know, you're right, and that much hasn't changed. The, the the goalie gloves have changed a tremendous amount. Which That's is, true. You know, for the better. Um, you know, I had the broken thumb and surgery on the thumb. You know, and uh, you know, my old L35s didn't exactly cut it. You know, we had to I take know. A, you know a giant uh, you know cast that they put over my uh, glove and taped it to the glove. And but nowadays they all have that armadillo thumb you know or or some kind of external brace on the thumb to help the goalies which is you know fantastic yeah well you talk to uh goalies who are old enough and they all are bonded by the broken thumb because like (laughs) it was just crazy like you have basically no protection as you set up and you take a shot there yeah um 
And oh man, I still I remember that pain. It's brutal. Cause that, you know, to my story, I was, uh, it was my red shirt sophomore year. So like my second year at Houston, I was, you know, pushing the starter, Jason Gebhardt, we were going back and forth and Jason was a fifth year senior. And, you know, I was like the young guy from Long Island with the silver chain, you know, what I mean? uh, you know, and I was, you know, every now and again, they put me in and light a fire, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, we were battling for a playoff spot. We didn't have the most successful year, probably like, you know, eight and three or eight and four. And, um, you know, I took a shot in practice and, you know, just the under wet turf ball skips comes up, hits your thumb. And, you know, I go up to the trainer. I go, I think I broke my thumb. He's like, well, Timmy Neal's little guy, he's a little angry, short guy, but he's hilarious. <laughs> he's like, you didn't, you didn't break your thumb. Let me see. And I took my glove off and my thumb is like dangling down here. He goes, ah, oh, Jesus, yeah. get inside. You know, it's like, you know, fast forward 24 hours later, I'm in surgery getting pins put in it. And it was like, you know, I thought my season was over, but we just casted it and then took a glove and every day I'd have my glove like slid over the cast and they taped the, the cast on. So Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's kind of funny. That's nuts. What about any leg padding? Did you ever wear any leg padding? Uh, going back to my earlier point where my roommate used to hit me on the shin, it, we, that's pretty much we, same thing. Uh, you know, I ended up getting like a calcium deposit on the inside of my left shin. Of course, it was my left foot and it was my stick side foot. So you'd always step and, you know, I would take that little brine. Uh, remember that little, it was like a wrist pan that had a little pad on it. That was the attack yeah. would wear between their glove. You know, like we would teach the defenders to hit that little spot between the arm pad and the, and the glove. Sure. You know, I would take that little wristband and put it on the instep of my left ankle. Um, just because that, you know, he'd have like shin splints from playing on the concrete turf and then getting hit there with a shot would like, oh my God, still to this day, it sends chills up my spine, you know, getting hit in the, <laughs> in the shin splints. There's no worse pain in the world. But uh, yeah, and then once it got bigger, uh, the calcium deposit got bigger, uh, we took like a, um, a lacrosse, I'm sorry, a football thigh pad and yeah. like cut it up and put it on my, my uh, you know, shin the inside of my left shin and would have to get it taped up every day yeah well that's what i think goalies got to do nowadays um you know especially as you're starting out because i mean let's be honest like there's a, some real fear of that of that shot right wait someone comes step down crank shot and your first reaction is to like come in head down elbows come in the knees come in and like that's exactly the opposite of what we want to be as a goalie relaxed and ready to explode right. so like you know You've got to, and there's some whole machismo and tradition about not wearing pads, but like you got to pad up, especially in practice, especially yeah. when you're um, just starting out. Yeah, I agree. You know, that's the biggest thing, you know, to get these kids over that fear, you know, because I mean, it's crazy that some of these, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old kids can shoot the ball at 80 miles an hour, you know, like I know. it used to be, and that's legit, like 75 miles an hour for 13 year olds, you know, that ball is whizzing, you know the last thing you want to do is eat one of those off your shoulder or your leg, you know, and to right. your point, I think, you know, there it's getting dangerous. I mean, God, now on the PLO level, I mean, every guy shoots 105 miles an hour. They shoot 105 with their offhand like that. That doesn't, yeah. you know, there used to be one or two guys on each team that would be able to do that. Now that, you know, the athletes are so big, the stick, stick technology and the mesh is so good that the ball is just, you know, at unprecedented speed. I, I saw who's the uh, that kind of uh, he 
played at Ohio State, but uh, had a bunch of injuries, and now he, he was like recorded shot the ball like 121 miles per hour the other day. I uh, saw that. Yeah, uh, Eagle or something like that. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I follow him on Instagram. I, the name escapes me, but yeah, it was like 126 or 124. That's insane. <laughs> My son just piped in. 127, Dad. Uh, 127. All right. Just, I mean, come on. That's absurd. Like that's. I could I could save 127. Come on. Oh it's one, 128. That. It's 128. I'm worried about. So. Yeah, you just hope he has that. Uh, you know, the aim dialed in. You know, because back in the day, you got those guys that could shoot 105, but they don't know where it's going. You know. Yeah. Nowadays, right. they all shoot 105, and they're picking corners. You know, so that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, and I've been talking with PLL guys too, and they're going to have this like, um, like hex, this hex ball, like textured ball that they've been experimenting with. And the PLL goalies were saying it like it curves. I'm yeah. like, okay, great. <laughs> so now we got 125 and curve curvature. Yeah. And yeah, Sergio Perkovic, you know, when he releases the ball at eight feet high and the ball's curving, like, I mean, come on, that's crazy. Good luck. Yeah, you know, I remember the, M- the MLO, they kind of experimented with that orange ball that was textured, um, kind of same thing, and that thing would curve, it, but the worst was when it would hit your skin because it was textured, it would give you like a burn, it would rip all the hair off your <laughs> arm or your leg, and you'd get a burn from the ball because the ball's spinning so fast, it was like, you wow. know, all right, all right, now I'm going to start wearing sweatpants at, you know, at yep. you know, 24, 25 years old because I don't want to get burns on my legs from the shots. So totally. it's, a tough, it's a mentally tough position, you know. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Scott Bacagaluccio uh, as kind of a guy you kind of learned from and looked up to. Were there other goalies or, or that you learned from specifically and kind of what did you learn from them or even guys in, in the game today that, that you particularly admire and kind of have, have taken some things from? Right. No, uh, that's a, you know, the guy that I looked up to, of course, was Lacasio. Lacasio, um, yeah. Sal Lacasio was just like, you know, Long Island guy, you know, blue collar guy, you know, made the most of what, you know, his talents were giving him. And, and he was like the world team goalie. And it was just like, you know, for me, the guy that I definitely emulated was definitely Lacasio. He was, uh, and it was great because my, when I, first graduated and went to the Long Island Lizards, it was like myself, Sal Lacasio, Brian Carcaterra. And it was like, dude, are you kidding? Like, you know, me and Carc battled in college all the time. And then like, we're both sitting there like, this is, this is our hero. Like we're playing <laughs> like the guy that we always wanted to be like. And it was like the three of us, there was no like attitude or ego about who was playing. We just picked each other up. And, you know, it was like, it was amazing. You know, not to mention you yeah. walk into the locker room and like there's Gary Gate, Paul Gate, yeah. you know, Jay Jalbert, Timmy Burns, and uh, Casey Powell. You know, it's like, are you kidding? Like, these are all your heroes, the best to ever play the game, and they're all on the same team. You know, Pat McCabe, it was like that that Lizards team in 2000. It was like ridiculous. Just going to practice and having fun with those guys was amazing. But, yeah, definitely Cassio was like one of the guys that I learned a lot from today. Going to today's game, I definitely have a bias, of course. But, I mean, Drake Porter is just his poise and presence um, when he's on the field. Um, I haven't had a chance to really watch him live, but, you know, to watch all the games on TV to see how he's uh, really in charge of his defense. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when he gets the ball, he doesn't panic on his clears. He's just so poised. And I'm like, you know, it's so cool to see a Canadian goalie be so successful 
on the field team, you know, because I always sure. wanted to, you know, really get into box. I, I'm a, I'm a, I love hockey. Hockey is like my, was always my first love. But I just like always wanted to see if I could play box goalie, and I just never really had the opportunity to do it, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I followed that god of goaltending, who I, was at uh, Dallas LU, or uh, I forget who it is, uh, who's like the legend that you know used to play for the Wings and stuff like that, and it's just amazing box across goalie saves, which is cool. But yeah, I love watching Drake Porter, and of course uh, DeLuca, the Farmingdale guy at um, you know at uh, Delaware, has just had a yeah. phenomenal career. <laughs> you're good no you're good uh, um yeah that's awesome um so drake Porter, the current q's goalie uh right now um i've had a couple syracuse goalies on the show uh including including yourself so i, th- I think i've had the most syracuse goalies I had evan malloy um and let's see who else don madonna so had, had, a, nice. had a bunch of syracuse goalies on so this is yeah great. Yeah, uh, and of course, I mean Galloway probably. You know, Galloway, Jake, Galloway. Yeah, yep, Galloway, Galloway. Man, I just love what he's doing down there at Jacksonville, and you know he's such a good guy and such a you know a great uh, you know leader for his team. You know, I just always love watching that kid play. You know, leaves it all out there on the field type guy. Oh yeah, like if there's one thing you're gonna take from Galloway's game, it's the energy that he brings to the field, um, and that is contagious. It is contagious, and like, what goal? What defender would not want to play for a goalie who, like, when you take it, when you get a strip, you know, or you pinwheel a pinwheel a guy, like, he's like the first guy up there giving you a pat on the butt, like, more excited than anyone on the field. What what te- teammate wouldn't want to play for a guy like that? Yeah, so true. He's just awesome, awesome leader and awesome coach. So I think he's doing great things down there. Yeah. Uh, was there a time you went through a slump in your game, Rob? And like, how did you, how did you get out of that? Yeah. Uh, you know, fifth year was tough. You know, it's like, um, you're a starter for 82 years. A lot of your, your boys that you came in with, uh, had graduated and moved on and you kind of felt like, you know, you're on an Island, not to mention like, you know, five years of, you know, division one goalie, you're just getting lump after lump. Like you just started to like, hate going to practice because you knew you were going to get lumped up in practice, you know, and it, mm. it just, you know, mentally, it's just so draining. There's always so much pressure, especially at a place like Syracuse, you know, to, to continue the final four streak. And, you know, you never want to be part of that team that breaks that streak. You know, that's what we live right. with every day. And that's what drove us, you know, to, to excel so much. But, uh, you know, this fifth year, senior year, I just had to take a bunch of like mental breaks to just, stay fresh, you know, mm. you know, just to disengage and, you know, not be around lacrosse for a little while, you know, and just take a weekend off and not, not see shots, you know, as well as like, um, you know, maybe just see some tennis balls instead of lacrosse balls, you know, keep your uh, reflex time up, you know, so you could react to the, to the tennis balls, but you're not getting lumped up, you know, which is very cool. I see a lot of uh, goalie drills now being done with tennis balls, which, you know, anything you could do to save, you know, your body, the, the, the damage and the, you know, the beatings unnecessarily in practice and in drills, you know, it's all about reaction time and getting your hands ready and your feet ready. So why not use the tennis balls? You know, it also helps your hands trying to corral rebounds, you know, so, sure. you know, you could, with, if the ball is heavier and dense, it sits in your stick better versus a tennis ball. You can really, you know, learn to use soft hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Interesting. So mental breaks, mental breaks, just kind of taking some time away from the game, whether it be like a weekend or, or just some 
just some short time for yourself. I definitely recommend that goalies take the off season off and like take like a serious break. Cause you're right. It takes a toll on you. Like the pounding you take is, is a mental beating as well. 100%. You know, and that's why I always like to, <clears throat> I would go play box and go, you know, be a midi, you know, and shoot on another goalie and be like, yeah, sure. suck it up goalie. You know, like, but you know, it just, it, yeah, you change the position because it's, you, you still love the game. You want to be around the game, but if you can, you know, stay in shape and you know, that that's what I do now. Like I, I rarely ever get back in the goal. I just, I'm now that lefty uh, goal hanger uh, attackman that just hangs around the crease. And, <laughs> I'm open, you know, a little, little crease monkey that just catch it and put it in the goal. Um, but yeah, you know, I still play old man lax and, uh, just, you know, we, we, we play more box and I get up and down and like to run around. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what, um, what advice would you give your younger self, the younger, the younger goalie, Rob goalie advice? Let's, let's, let's hone it in a little bit. Uh, but what, what, what goalie advice would you give the younger Rob Mulligan? Uh, you know, I always like, you know, you're on the field with the biggest stick on the field, so to speak, you know, so you have to have great stick skills, you know, and everyone's out there like, oh yeah, you know, wall ball for the attackman, like wall ball for goalies is by far the most important thing. You know, if you can't throw an outlet and put it on a rope or put a little touch on it and drop it in there, you know, like you're, you're really at a disadvantage, you know, and you, you have to have a good stick. Like, it's really cumbersome if a goalie can't clear the ball, like as a coach and as a defense, you know, the guy make, you make a save, you go to throw it and you throw it out of bounds, you know, or you throw it short and it ends up in the back of the goal. There's, you know, I'm sure, you know, with all the stats they do nowadays, when the defense turns the ball over or a failed clear probably ends in the back of the goal, you know, 40, 50% of the time, which is like, that's, that's, that's not acceptable numbers. Like you, you, you made the save, you got to get it upfield. So the point being is you, you got to have a great stick and you got to get on the, get on the wall and be able to throw it both hands. And, you know, that's where you can really fine tune your outlets as well as, you know, your, your technique, you know, you, the, the work has to be done outside of practice. You can't just show up at practice and expect to be a better goalie. You know, you got to get on the wall and really, you know, be one with your goalie stick. Totally. Totally agree with that. Yeah. I think goalies need the best stick skills and that actually translates quite a bit into saves. I mean, like the same way that you, you know, catch a bad pass to your off stick is the same more or less technique that you use with your hands to get there as well. So. Right. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, cause you can practice the perfect technique, you know, while you're on the wall, you know, and yep. uh, I, th I just think you have to put in the time. You can't just show up at practice and expect to make saves and be able to clear the ball well. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You mentioned taking a mental break. Um, I'm curious, like in terms of mental toughness, because, you know, goalie is a position that requires extreme mental toughness. Like we are the last line of defense. There's so many mental battles that we, that goalies fight, young goalies, you know, in their head. I'm curious, what was your approach to being mentally tough? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that's, you know, like you said, you got to reset it. You have to hit the reset button. You know, your next save is your biggest one. You know, if you you give up an easy one, just go with the mindset that you're going to make an amazing one and steal one back. You know what I mean? That's mm. just like yeah. what you can't dwell on. You know, you give up a soft goal. You know, it's like you, you got to, you know, instill confidence in your defense. You know, you got to just get them to the next level and not worry about yourself. You know, like obviously you got to 
worry about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to move forward. You can't sit there and dwell on the last one that you just gave up. If it was a soft one, just be like, I'm going to make the next one and get one back, you know? So that's kind of what I've always like. Your next save is the biggest one. Wipe it clean, right? Every yeah. possession yeah. is a new possession. You have a chance to, you know, pull the guys together and get going, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like that uh, positioning it that way. Like, all right, I gave up a soft one, but I'm going to steal one back, right? I'm going to steal one back. Um, right. And, and yeah, I mean. Goal, as a goalie, ahead. if you go to a place like Syracuse, you could give up 20 goals and still expect to win. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that, like, you know, in high school, like, why are you going to Syracuse? You know, there's not really a big history of, like, amazing goalies at Syracuse. You know, like, they've never had a division. They never had a. a uh, first team all American and Phil Galloway. Like, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, but what place as a goalie can you go and, you know, give up 20 and expect to win? You know, and yeah. like, first time I ever saw Syracuse lacrosse play live, I was on the bench for that 21 um, 22 versus Virginia. That was like my true freshman first first game on campus. Like, and I, because my recruiting trip, I didn't see Syracuse play. I, I went up for like a, you know, a basketball game or football game, I believe it was. And yeah. I'm like, wait a second, like Casey Powell just went seven goals, six assists and like 13 points in a game and you give up 21 and you win. I'm like, I'm coming from a high school where we lost the county championship two to one as the goal. Yeah. Like, What's yeah. going on here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, that just goes to show. Yeah. Like, and maybe that goalie, you know, in that 22, 21 game, like made a save at the end and like, you know, like you still win the game. Maybe you're not making a lot of saves, but you make that one save. Um, and that's what I love about this position. Definitely. Definitely. It's yeah. very true. Yeah. Um, goalies also need to be leaders of the team. Of course. Um, I mean, you're the goalie position in itself is one of leadership. You're just, you, you have a much like better angle on the field. You can direct all the players. I'm curious how you went about approaching leadership. Uh, yeah, I mean, that to me is one of the biggest things. And I think that's really why, you know, I wasn't probably the best goalie on Long Island at the time. I, I think just Desco and Simmons, you know, Simmons especially was like, this kid's, you know, a leader, you know, like I was taking control of the defense and, you know, at, at a young age, you know, um, and that is by far, I think, you know, you're, you're basically the quarterback, you know, and that's why I try yeah. to explain to young goalies, like, you need to know, you need to watch the most film. You need to know their offensive sets that, the, uh, you know, the opposing teams in, because you got to recognize it and call it out. You can't expect the defenseman that's watching his guy, he's off ball, you know, to, to call out the defense. You have to be a coach on the field. You know, there's, there's no other way about it. If you have a quiet, timid goalie, you're not going to be a, you know, you can be a great goalie, but you're not going to get your defense to the next level. You know, I had a, mm -hmm. a kind of like a theory and like, the more you talked and the more, uh, you know, it was an equation that the more you talked and the more you had your defense involved, you would definitely face less shots, you know, and the, the, if everyone was on the same page and you're screaming your head off and you, the defense sounds intimidating and the offense, you know, uh, you know, does not shoot as much. Of course, I would have no way to ever prove that, but, you know, <laughs> it, it, if you have to be a leader out there and really take charge and, you know, get to know everyone on your team, you know, intimately and, you know, really get inside their head and, you know, talk to them about their matchups and, you know, where they need to be and watch the film and tendencies, you know, and, and, and calling out the defense. Yeah, that's awesome. So for the young goalies out there listening, it's like, be the, 
biggest lax goalie rat, the lax, lax rat you can watch as much tape as you can, like just, you know, fall in love with the game and get to know the guys, right? right. Get to know the guys. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I mean, you got to know even your defender's tendencies and strengths and weaknesses, you know, it's like, if you know, if Jimmy can't really get to his left hand when he breaks out, he should go to the other side. So he has a stick in his strong hand and you got to throw him the outlet, you know, when his feet are set, instead of looking over his shoulder, you mm. should know that as a goalie, you know, at, with your guys and realize and know what you're passing to, you know, to not put your team in a compromising position. Good point. Very good point. Yeah. Um, and you also coach youth goalies now, is that right? Yeah. I, I uh, you know, that's kind of like my passion now is coaching. You know, I, I, I love working with, uh, you know, young goalies and getting them to the, the next level. You know, I want the committed guys. It's really hard to coach the kindergarten to third, fourth graders that are kind of like, well, I might want to try it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've really, I love uh, what the, the Gabuzdan brothers are doing with the, uh, sure. the goalie Smiths. Yeah. I just think like they're onto it. Like they're doing such a, a great job with, you know, creating a brotherhood and getting goalies ready and getting goalies to the next level and the power of social media, you know, with, with like, you know, uh, apps and websites and, uh, you know, Instagram handles like yourself uh, is really awesome. It's creating this like brotherhood. And I, I have a son who's a goalie now and, he, oh, nice. uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I did not push him towards it. He just naturally like gravitated towards it. And uh, he watches old film and he's like a total lax rat. He just, yeah. he watches games from beginning to end. And, uh, you know, in third grade, he thought, I can't turn the ball over there. What are they thinking? Why are they shooting that? I'm like, oh my God, what did I create here? You know, nice. but uh, it's very funny to uh, see goalies, you know, and that's, that's my passion. I help with the, uh, the Fairfield Youth Lacrosse. Um, we have a great program here in town, um, which is, you know, not startup, but it wasn't around seven or eight years ago. And now we have over 700 kids in the program. Um, and it's, it's kind of cool because I do it with uh, Seamus Grooms. Seamus was a all-American midfielder at Princeton that, you know, scored, you know, a bunch of goals and had three national championships. There's more national championships in our youth lacrosse coaching staff than like most college nice. coaching staff which is which is kind nice. of funny but uh no it's a good group and then um i do the uh connecticut wolves which is a uh a startup uh club program um and it's great because the, the guys that are i do it with uh john matthews who i played with at syracuse um jay penn who is a long island guy that i grew up with that was a lsm at um farmingdale and then played at johns hopkins and then uh graham niemi was the Fairfield prep head coach and uh, was the assistant coach for Shea at Yale for 10 years. So between that core and we, we, we take it seriously, but at the same time, it's like, we're realistic about it. It's like these kids are 10, you know, nine, 10, yeah. 11, 12, they shouldn't be playing lacrosse, you know, 10 months out of the year. We encourage kids to play other sports and, you know, become better athletes. And then we'll concentrate on getting you to the next level when you're, 15, 16, 17, you know, it's like, go be an athlete, mm -hmm. go be a leader in another sport, go play, you know, hockey or basketball and, and really develop as an athlete first. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, what about like some common mistakes that you, and maybe you see your son making or some of the youth goalies that, that you are, um, you know, that you're working with, like what were some common mistakes that you see them making? Um, that's for me, I always look at hands and feet. You know, because um, I, I just one of my like pet peeves is watching goalies with their hands. If they're, you know, if they're 
they go to shoot off stick and they take their bottom hand. To me, I'm always a bottom hand guy. I watch the bottom hand. Of course, top hands always go leading to the ball, right? But the mm-hmm. bottom hand, if they're pulling their hand behind their ear, you know, they're they're becoming small where they're, yeah. the stick is not flat. You're not getting surface area. If you pull your hand, your stick ends up sideways and you don't have the full circumference of the stick. Also, if you pull the hand behind the ear, your shoulders get small, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you're pulling a, you know, the butt end used to get caught in the net, but now everyone's with the short sticks, that doesn't happen anymore. So they got to punch that hand out. So your shoulders end up square to the ball, you know, as well as if there's a deflection or a fake, you could come back up. So your stick should be on the plane in front of you versus pulling it and getting your hands behind you. And then now you're caught up, your shoulders are small and you can't re-react to the ball. Yeah. I look at hands. Hands. You know, one of the things that I've sort of changed in my coaching is more emphasis on that bottom hand. Like I used to do like the drill, you know, where people would put one hand behind the back and then you'd throw them tennis balls and they would like catch it with the top hand. And I know I no longer do that because I think the bottom hand is equally as important and they work together. Like even on, t- you know, you, you were just talking about off stick, which obviously you need a lot of rotation. You need that punch that bottom hand out. But even like coming across, you know, like like off stick high, like you still need to punch that hand over and, and help with that rotation. So I now no longer do that. I now when I do that drill, it's two hands together. Everything's together. Right. Because um, it's, it's a unit. Yes. 100 percent and they got to be working in unison you know um and that's yeah to your point that that bottom hand again not just off stick even you know stick side low bouncers you get too many kids that kind of like lazily poke at it and try and catch it you know Mm -hmm. instead of hand over and attacking it and punching that bottom hand out and i try and like do that drill where we uh you know they, they walk the line by punching their bottom hand right you punch it out and it's out in front of you so that your stick is going down, uh, you know. Vertical, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you good? Finn, go help mom, please. <laughs> no, you're good. Sorry. Uh, no, nah, no worries. We'll probably keep that in there. I'm, you know, it's, it's real. We're being real. <laughs> <laughs> There's a knucklehead. <laughs> there he is. Go, there go he help is. your mother with the groceries. Seriously. He wants some, he wants some airtime, you know, just yeah, young, right. young goalie. Is that, is that, was that the goalie right there? No, that was my, okay. uh, he's, he's uh sixth grade and he's like a midi attackman and, you know, loves to shoot. Uh, so it's, it's kind of cool. Obviously with what we're going through, uh, you know, with this COVID scare, um, sure. you know, we're taking it very seriously and shut down all operations with, you know, getting the teams together and we haven't had a practice and, our spring season's on hold like everyone else's. So it's like really a you know tough thing for them, you know, um, to explain to them why they work so hard in the winter and, you know, to get here. But so it was cool that we still have the older brother can shoot on the little brother and I can feed them and work with both of them. So that's kind of what we've been doing. To still got a little mini, a little mini team there. Yeah, exactly. Um, right? I mean, yeah, I'm like, not- hopefully it'll be like a Brian Clark, Paul Clark thing, you know? Like, right, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, on that point, I mean, the coronavirus is going on right now, and it's like I feel for all these college seniors, I think they're going to get a year of eligibility back, but just losing a season, like, you know, mid-season, having to shut everything down, like, what a bummer. What a bummer. Yeah, I feel for I, those guys. I know. I've been in uh, contact with guys like Drake Porter and DeLuca and, you know, just reaching out to them on, you know, Instagram and stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just I say that if you ever need to talk because, like, the fifth year for me – was amazing in that it was um you know you got to really concentrate on your business 
development. You know, you're not going to just really want to, uh, you know, talk about just school. You know, it's like mm, yeah. I took that fifth year and interviewed every weekend and got set up for for that kind of thing. Where you know, it was it was great to put life and work on hold for that fifth year and come back and really just concentrate on your career because you have to set yourself up for, you know, life after lacrosse. So, yeah. um, you know, hopefully those guys do all get their year back. And especially as a, as a Syracuse guy, are you kidding? Like, you know, the guys haven't been to a final four in some time and here they are having a fantastic season and, you know, they're rolling and, and we kind of get the carpet pulled out from underneath them. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, it's been tough, but hopefully all those guys, I think, I think they've, you know, they know that they want to come back and really compete for a championship and, you know, you know, finish, finish the, uh, the, the ride that they're on. Totally. Yeah. It just, it just goes to show like for anybody who plays lacrosse at high school or college, like just cherish those, that time. Um, I mean, cause it could be, it's going to be gone like that, you know, and even like with this virus thing, like it got pulled out even quicker, but I'm sure, you know, you will agree that there's no better, like camaraderie and no better time with your, you know, with your friends, with your boys than like playing college ball. Right. And that's like, it's not just division one lacrosse, like it's D3 lacrosse, it's club lacrosse. Like it's thing, the, the only thing you have to worry about is, you know, the next game or the next practice. Like, you know, it was, uh, you know, we, we still talk about that 2000 team, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the bond that we had like was second to none. You know, and there was like guys that talked on the bus, like, you know, if we complete this as a mission, we will, we will do, you know, something that will, will ever go down in the record books, you know, it's like, put away all the distractions and just concentrate on the people on this bus, you know, and we would, we want to go out with, you know, go down on top, go out on top, you know, so if we win this together, it's, it's a bond that can, that can and never will be broken, you know, so that it's just totally. you, you do, like, these kids could, anything could be wiped away from them at any time. So they got to really concentrate on the people in that room and know that the bond that you have is all you really got at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And we've moved on to our careers and I'm sure we've had some business success, but like nothing like successfully completing a project. I mean, nothing compares to that feeling of winning a championship. And, and you're right. It's like, I played in the MCLA. I'm talking from my experience of, you know, winning a, a league championship in the MCLA with, with your friend, with your boys, like there's just nothing that compares to that. So cherish it is the point there. Right. Right. No, I agree. Um, yeah, no, it, it's a bond that will, you know, I usually talk about, uh, guys stick setups. And I know back in the day, you, you, you mentioned having the STX goal master. Right. Yeah. Th those were the sticks we used to play with, uh, you know, there wasn't, they weren't as uh, good as what the kids are playing with now that we used to use the goal master with the long broom handle shaft. That was like basically yeah. a D shaft that was cut down. Uh, and anytime you do a off stick hit, sometimes it, it would get caught in the net or, yeah. you know, you go to reach behind you or when you do off stick shoulder, you hit yourself in the shin, you know, and it's like, yeah. why are we playing with these long shafts? Definitely need something shorter. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah. and we had the, um, we had the cascade C2s with like the visor that would really shoot out and like basically what amounts to like a flip flop as the, uh, as the throat protector. So. 
I used to love, you know, growing up, everyone had the bucket lids, and then some goalies would do the, the, the double chin pad. I'm like, yeah. why would you do that? Like, you want to see down. Like, a goalie doesn't need double chin pads. It's just, right. you know, it's kind of just like a swag thing, or you're going to tape a double chin pad at the bottom. But I feel like only the vintage lax guys would, would know or talk about that, you know, especially nowadays, like you tell the guy, well, you got to slide to the laces. And that was just like a goalie term that we used to always say, and then like now you're coaching kids and you're like, they have no idea what the laces are, do they? And like, obviously mm-hmm. slide to the laces when the guy turns and you see the back, the laces on the back of his helmet, that's right. when you know it's to go, time to go, you know? So it's very funny how you have to change the jargon to get these kids all on the same page. Oh, the newer generation has no idea about the laces and the and the box helmets and how kids would yank on them and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pull your, pull your head down. Or you know, in New York or upstate, it's like you know those things, the old back rack lids when they were frozen, and you would have to try and put that thing on when it's literally rock solid frozen. There's no oh, wow. pain in wearing those things. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Rob, one last piece of advice that you would leave all of the goalies out there listening with, what, what would that be? Uh, I think it's, you know, you, you got to keep working and keep grinding. You know, it, it is a grind. It's, it's probably, you know, it's a tough position, both mentally and physically, right? And you have to attack every day. You know, you got to ask yourself every day, what am I doing to get better? As an athlete, as a goalie, as a teammate, you know, you have to be a leader out there. So you have to really um, attack the position every day, work on your feet, jump rope. You know, there, there is no off season of being an athlete. Definitely take some time off away from the game when you're in the off season to mentally reset, but still got to continue your training. And you look at the goalies now in the PLL, they're all fantastic athletes. I mean, look at, you know, Galloway, you know, and look at, uh, you know, uh, even Blaze Reardon. I mean, come on, the guy led the PLL in save percentage and he's like one of the top u.s box lacrosse players field lacrosse players that's out there playing box like you can't you know you can't put a value on that you got to be an athlete look at gentlemen i mean these guys are like fantastic you know top tier athletes so you can't just show up and practice and be out of shape and have slow feet and have slow hands and not have a good command of your stick like you got to put in the work and keep grinding love it Love it. Love it. Rob, thank you so much for coming on. If people want to learn some more about you, should we send them someplace, Instagram or? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, either goalie Smith, I, you know, like I help with those guys and uh, you know, I've done a few of their clinics and stuff and oh, nice. uh, yeah, I mean, I don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram if you have any questions or concerns or if you need any help, you know, or, or you know, any advice, I'm always available to chat it up because I love the game and I love giving back and you know, the game has provided so much for me and, you know, got me to a school that, you know, I probably wouldn't have gone to, you know, um, you know, I think that's probably the biggest message coming away for me to, when I coach kids nowadays, like you, you, you can't think that everyone's going to go to the PLL or you got to, right. you know, be respectful to the game, but also use the game to get to a school that you probably wouldn't have gotten to. Not everyone's going to play division one lacrosse, right? The numbers are stacked against you. Right. But if you could get into a, you know, a, a, you know, a top tier school that get, or a reach school or any of those schools that, you know, even if it's D three or, you know, D two, you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there to compete, you know, so and make your life better just by using the game to get into a better school. So, you know, 
don't just think, oh, I'm not D1 talent. You know, it's not going to happen for me. There's still a lot to be learned out there, and it's a, it's a great game. So I, I always try and give back as much as I can. Love it. Rob, thank you for being so generous with your time coming on. This has been tons of fun, and, uh, and we'll see you. Appreciate it, Damon. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Syracuse great Rob Mulligan. Some awesome insight into the game. I remember when I was playing lacrosse in college in the year 99, 2000, really, you know, at that time, the national championships were the only games and, and you know, maybe the semifinals were the only games that were televised. Uh, and so Rob was one of the guys I watched because he made three straight national championships and he was there and he was loud and he was dominating those games. So I loved watching him play. It was an honor to get to know him, honor to chat with him. Very generous with his time, very generous with giving back to the lacrosse goalie community. And I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Be safe out there, everybody. Coronavirus is going down. It's got everybody on lockdown. Uh, if you want, there are, there's a blog article I did on some tr training that you can do uh, so you don't go crazy. But be safe. Be well. I'm Coach Damon. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.